Hi everyone, Jason here. On May the 14th, Stephen and myself will be appearing with the one and only Mark Lewison at the Pavilion Theatre in Dunleary, Dublin. We're going to be celebrating 60 years of a hard day's night and we would love you to join us. For tickets, go to paviliontheatre.ie or nothingisrealpod.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Nothing Is Real, a podcast about the Beatles, everybody thinks they know the Beatles, but how much do you really know? This is an introductory episode, an episode zero, so to speak, where we're going to introduce ourselves, talk a little bit about uh, why we are doing this, and give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about on future podcasts. Uh, My name is Jason Carty. My name is Stephen Cockcroft. And I guess the germ of this podcast goes back a couple of months, because myself and Stephen were at the Dublin Beatles Festival in November 2018. And after many hard years of slog, we finally won the coveted title of Beetle Brain of Ireland. Beetle Brain of Ireland. And at that point, there, it seems like there's no more mountains left to climb. <laughs> what, do you, what, do, what do men of a certain age do with all this arcane knowledge? And the answer is obviously uh, start a podcast. And there is a lot of Beetle podcasts out there. And um, there's a lot of great Beetle podcasts out there. Uh, but what we kind of wanted to do was talk about the Beatles from our own personal perspective and try and draw together a, a, a few little um, ideas about the Beatles that, uh, that we've kind of had uh, in private conversation. I mean, we want to give you a little bit of an idea about ourselves. We are broadcasting or recording in Dublin, and uh, but we're obviously going to try and go worldwide, just like the Beatles did themselves. Uh, and, and in order to get a... Whenever I meet somebody who likes the Beatles, Stephen, I like to know why they like the Beatles or how they encountered the Beatles. So how, how did you encounter the Beatles? How did I encounter the Beatles? Well, first of all, I suppose I should let everyone know I'm a lot older than you are. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still not a real-time first-generation I'm not Beatle a real-time first-generation, no. but I'm a lot older than, mm. than Jason is. Uh, my first memory of encountering the Beatles is the film Help, or specifically the last three or four minutes of the film Help, mm. where the, the Beatles, and plot spoiler, uh, they're running down a beach mm. uh, being chased by a man with a knife. Um, <laughs> but, but I remember sitting in front of my parents... Uh, black and white television watching that uh for some reason bizarrely uh, although the song wasn't in the film i also associate that with the single i feel fine so i'm oh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming i heard that on the radio uh, I, I would guess i was maybe eight or nine years old at the time uh and at that stage the only records the only music in our house would have been the the Irish staples, the Jim Reeves mm. uh, albums, the Pericoma, uh, the Pericoma, yeah. uh, that that type. Um, uh, then we got a K-Tel fifties <laughs> rock and roll, uh, and that's really the first record I, I remember sort of engaging me. Then I discovered that, that uh, in addition to being film stars, the, the Beatles had records, and uh, uh, on a 
shopping trip with my mother, I persuaded her to buy me uh, a collection of oldies, which mm. is the 1966 compilation of the early singles. And I've never looked back. Never looked back. And now you've got two or three Beatles records. Now I've got two or three Beatles <laughs> records and I'm on a podcast. Two or three roomfuls of Beatles records. Um, yeah, I guess I would have been the same age. I was about eight or nine. And I remember vividly, does this, this would have been like early mid 80s and vividly being on a holiday and seeing a bit of footage on a television in a restaurant, which in retrospect, I realized was the Beatles at Shea. And I remember saying to my dad, who's that? And he was like, that's the Beatles. And I was like, that's the Beatles? I'd heard the name, but I'd never seen them. And this thing just looked like it had come from space. And I was watching this thing for a few minutes. And then after a minute or two, I'm like, Paul McCartney was in the Beatles? Because Paul McCartney was just a pop star to me. And I thought, how amazing must it be if Paul McCartney is in this band? If there's four Paul McCartneys in a band, how good would that band be? But that, that was the early 80s. That was the early 80s when Paul was in his, Paul his, was his last imperial spasm phase. of pop top five hits. Um, but then, l- kind of like what you say, in that kind of kid way, I got a Beatles album and then didn't buy any more Beatles albums for years. You kind of think, well, I've got some Beatles records. Yeah, I think I, think, I, think I was in primary school when mm. I got that record and I don't recall buying anything else until I was in big school. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, but by that stage, I, I, I kind of met a couple of like-minded yeah. uh, people, and um, I sort of discovered the Beatles uh, were a band that had only broken up five years previously. Yeah. So there was when when I was started to buy the records, there was every possibility that the Beatles were going to get back together. Yes, they were all um, still feet on terra firma. Uh, they 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 were all still going. They were having hit records. Mm. Um, I mean, I suppose really seven, 1975, 1976 was when I really started becoming aware of the fact that they had a solo existence and mm. they were releasing records. And I mean, McCartney obviously was in the charts and Lennon, not so much. Ringo by that stage, not at all. George, not really. Um, and I started buying the back catalog, the, the, the Beatles back catalog, you know, yeah. two or three pounds for an LP. Yeah. Uh, those are the days. And I remember, yeah, I remember I kind of came along later. So, unfo- like in the 80s, there was no more Beatles, and you know, I, yeah. uh, which is sad. And I, I, But I remember a big influence was the kind of 20th anniversary of Pepper and then all the CDs. Uh, like kind of the big thing I got was Christmas 88. I got the White Album and Lewison's Studio Sessions book, which as a, as, as a twofer is, uh, is enough that's to... A, that's a good, that's good a, start. <laughs> yeah, I bought them for a long car journey. And that's a good way to kind of... Uh, well, that's a big piece of a jigsaw falling into place, yes, learning that. It, yeah. it, yes, it makes a lot of sense that that was my reading as a kid, that, that it seemed interesting. But, you know, that, that the Beatles were as much fun to learn about as they were to listen to. There's an awful lot going on there. I think there's, uh, there, there was really an element of that for me as well, mm. that it was as much about reading about them. Yeah. You know, once you, once you, you know, there aren't that many uh, albums. So once you've got the albums, where do you go? You kind of look at the solo stuff. But it's about getting books. It's about about reading around the background, mm. and uh, certainly in the late seventies, I mean, the Beatles were desperately unfashionable. Yeah, and um, the Beatles were also my jumping-off point for so many other bands because you start with the Beatles, and then I discovered well, you've got the Stones, you've got the Who, you've got mm. the Kinks, then you've got Bob Dylan, uh, then you've got the Birds. That leads you into San Francisco, Jefferson Airplane, yep. uh, and so if you if you looked at any any time since I started buying records uh, the top left hand corner mm. of the record shelf or the <laughs> CD shelf uh, is always the Beatles and yeah. uh, uh, their records and CDs not filed in any 
alphabetical or chronological order, but it always starts with the Beatles and then sort of trickles down into the Stones and 60s bands, etc. And it's interesting, in the late, like when I was getting into them in the late 80s, you know, part of me was kind of vexed that, oh, I wasn't around for it. And now here we are another 30 years down the line and it seems like podcasts like this and other podcasts, it, it, it seems to be something that can be constantly mined for information. I, I know I've said this to you before. It's like the Gospels weren't written until 40 years after Jesus died. Controversial. And now uh, <laughs> people are, you know, writing the books about the Beatles, particularly Lewison's massive yeah. books about the Beatles, where they're trying to nail this thing down. The more time it gets, it just it, 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 the perception of it just changes completely. I see you as uh, John the Baptist to, to, to Lewison's. Uh. Right. So I get beheaded. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, now, when we were talking about doing this podcast, there's a, a couple of things that uh, you could almost say are kind of the spirit animal of the podcast. But one thing that I, I You're wanted to really mention... really covering all the religious bases. I'm, so. I'm trying to upset everybody. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I really wanted to mention was Rob Sheffield's book, Dreaming the Beatles, because this is a fantastic book. I don't think I've ever read it. <laughs> you are responsible <laughs> for many people in our orbit reading it. And um, I think it was you know, Christmas a year or two ago mm-hmm. when, I, when I first read it, and I've read it three times now. So Dreaming the Beatles, for people who haven't read it, how would you describe it? It's, it I, I agree with you. First of all, it is uh, a fantastic book. It's one of my favorite books, and I've read a few about mm-hmm. the Beatles. Um, what I like about this is it, it's a completely different take. It doesn't come at it from the sort of Lewis and... Uh, you know the, the the minute detail of their everyday life. It doesn't. It, it, it's not a song by song, album by album review. It's mm. really about his, I suppose, his relationship with the band, and the band's relationship with the world. Mm. And uh, he, I think, his experience of discovering the Beatles is very similar to my own. And I think yeah. that's what sort of chimed with me. And I thought, well, I don't know how old he is, or or, or, or when this was happening, but. Uh, it's the personal relationship with the band that com- comes across. It's, ob- it's also extremely well written. I mean, yes. he writes very, very well yes. and really draws you in. And uh, there, there's th- the sense you get, and I suppose maybe it's, it, it's something that we might aspire to on the podcast, is, is persuading you or, or showing you that there's more to the band than the records, than the chart placings, than the statistics, than the recording detail. Yes, and I, I think... I think you know, it, it's it's kind of part of this current wave of Beatle books. I mean, the title of it, Dreaming the Beatles, uh, uh, the thing I liked about it was he's obviously, like many Beatle fans, he's been listening for decades at this point. There's lots of facts and emotions and experiences bouncing around his head related to the band, and then he tries to draw them all together. But, mm. you know, the, the things that, you know, stick out from the book are, it's, it's a very funny book as well. He's he's totally funny. <laughs> he totally tears into McCartney's My Love, into George's version of, it, of um, In My Life. Um, but, but he's very matter of fact about things like, you know, why were the Beatles taking LSD with their dentist? Yeah. You know, John, John and Paul started bands with their wives. Mick Jagger wouldn't have done that. And, y- you know, there's loads of times when you're reading this book and you're going, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It, yeah, this is this is totally good. So these, these are obvious questions, but no one has asked them before. No one has asked them before. So I kind of like the way the book take took this kind of jumble of a you know a life led with the Beatles in your head and you know what does it mean to kind of take all that information and organize it a little bit and I think yeah if we can get to some kind of aspect of that that'd be uh, that'd be something that'd be nice to achieve I think that's a laudable ambition a laudable so thank you Rob Sheffield for for writing that book uh, and I think there's also been some podcasts that we like listening to as well you know uh, people who kind of talk about the Beatles and who are you know try and present present things to you all in a an organized and 
and thoughtful fashion. And to that end, I thought we might just kind of tell you about some of the things we want to talk about on this podcast in uh, in uh, upcoming weeks. So we're going to start by looking at, you know, maybe some of the unlauded Beatle albums, uh, Help and Magical Mystery Tour. How come they are not uh, popular Beatle albums? Um, other topics we're going to look at is, uh, and this is in no particular order, uh, the last Beatles session in January 1970. Mm-hmm. That's an odd one. Why did that happen? How did that happen? What did it mean? Could it have meant something else? Um, we think it might be interesting to look at the first and last songs recorded for each album. What does that tell us about where the Beatles were at, what they were doing? Um, looking at extraneous Beatles, sixth Beatles, seventh Beatles, you know, George Martin's place is locked down. But, you know, where do we rank other people like Mal Evans and Jimmy Nickel, all those types of people? Um, looking at the Beatles anthology, because that's going to be it's coming up on a quarter century and I think it might be time to recontextualise a little bit about what that's all about. Uh, the Beatles box sets, both the ones that have come out, the White Album and Sgt Pepper and what we expect to happen in the future and hopefully we can stay on top of those. Um, Beatle history counterfactuals, what ifs, the big what ifs, what would it mean if, uh, I, I guess we could tie this into that yesterday movie that uh, we're both <coughs> looking forward we're to. We're both looking forward <coughs> to that immensely. Yes. Um, what else have I got? You've uh, Songs with Beatles Missing I have on this list. Songs with Beatles Missing. M- songs with Beatles Missing, like Back in the USSR, Ballad, John Yoko, Within You, Without You, which have three, two and one Beatles. Uh, what do they mean? What do they carry that other songs don't? And how come the Beatles couldn't meet, reach Beatle heights when they were fabs when one they were and two that, that, that's in their solo years? Yes. Which I think is an interesting question. Even with other Beatles present. Yes. Yeah. It just never was the same. Never worked. Um, I've written on my list here 70s Beatles which I call Schrodinger's Beatles because they're simultaneously alive and dead in the 70s excellent <laughs> which was an I odd time you've <laughs> as you've touched upon there to be a Beatles fan you know you have things like the Sgt Pepper Broadway show and movie and all this in World War 2 and have you seen the movie? Um, yes yeah I yeah. can't recommend that yeah uh, the Beatles at Christmas, the solo Beatles at Christmas uh, this is my favourite suggestion of yours songs the Beatles wrote about each other uh, yes, I'm looking forward to that one. Yes, that's a bit of a cottage industry that they... I have a list. <laughs> um, Beatle movies, breaking down the Beatle movies. I've written down uh, the George Harrison argument. That'll be a good one. There is no argument. The, well, I mean, I think for the record we need to state that I would be very much have my flag in Team Paul. And you, you have Stephen? your flag into flag, Paul. Uh, yes, well, it says uh, Team Paul. You have your pointed stick into, <laughs> into Paul, whereas everyone knows George is the best Beatle. And if and you uh, think you'd like to hear us argue about that for an hour, then... This is the place this, for you. You really need to sign up where you get all your podcasts. Um, a pro-Yoko podcast. I'm on board for that. Because Yoko is uh, possibly the most misunderstood person of all. She possibly the fifth Beatle. And, um, geez, that's most of, uh, yeah, contemporaneous songs mentioning the Beatles as well. I think that's an interesting thing. The monkeys, Randy Skit and all those kind of things. How Sissy, the monkeys Sissy Spacek. What was that? Oh, yeah, she sang the... John, you've gone too far. <laughs> um, so well, while we're talking about Yoko... And and we kind of want to keep it, if there's something contemporaneous happening that we think we can plug into the podcast, then we'll do that um, just to, to break it up. You know, we will approach solo careers. I think, you know, we should talk about the Wings box set that came out recently. The George box sets. The, the George box sets, the John box sets. Um, the George box sets. <laughs> but mainly the Paul box sets. And we're not adverse to having special guests if there's anybody. Um, if the Paul few, is listening. If Paul wants to come in, that's absolutely fine. But we're... we're uh, you know, we're we're generally hoping to do this as a two-header between myself and Stephen. But if anybody wants to come in and join the party, we'll be happy to talk to them if uh, if they're a member of uh, the Beatles Club. 
or a member of the Beatles. Well, that'd be that'd be that'd be absolutely super. I think that kind of covers our introduction. I think it? so. Yeah, I think so. We would love uh, if you would uh, subscribe to us wherever you normally get your podcasts, whether it's I don't know iTunes or Overcast or Spotify or whatever it is that you or Stitcher, whatever you want to do. Uh, sign up for Nothing Is Real, uh, the Beatles podcast. We also like is the want of all these things. We'd like you to get in touch with us. So we're on Twitter at Beatles Pod. Um, follow us. We'll update you about when we're releasing stuff, what we're releasing, and you can communicate with uh, uh, with the two of us. See what I did there um, about any of the issues that come up in the in the podcast. So that's where our head is at, and, and the kind of things that we're going to be talking about, and the approach we're going to take on this uh, podcast. Yeah, I think the intention is that we will uh, do a fortnightly release uh, covering the topics that uh, Jason has uh, outlined. Um, if there's something else that people would like us to talk about, some other topic that we haven't thought of, uh, something you'd like us to explore, like us to talk more about George, less about Paul, <coughs> just get in touch. And uh, we, we look forward to uh, getting your feedback on Twitter. Thanks very much. Don't forget to subscribe and contact us on at BeatlesPod uh, via Twitter. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Nothing Is Real. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, why not become a member? You'll get access to ad-free content, bonus episodes, and so much more. Follow the link in the show notes, sign up on ACAST Plus, or visit our website, nothingisrealpod.com.